Blog Talk Radio. FrontierBeyondFear.com. We have many exciting guests coming up, and the show is really getting going again for the spring. And I'm so delighted that many of you have been discovering the archive. I want to put out a really a huge welcome to the people who are listening worldwide. Um, Blog Talk Radio is is providing some new information on where some of you are, just in general. And I am just so thrilled to hear that many of you are outside of the United States, um, as many as um, 20 to 40% in any given month, and scattered all over the globe. And that just can't make me more happy. Even if you're a single person in some remote location listening to this show, I am reaching out to you now across time, across space. Every one of you is a single person listening anyway, whether in a city, whether here, whether there. We are all together. And in fact, today's show is going to be talking a bit about space and time in a more spacious way, let's just say, because today we are going to really start taking on what I feel is one of the most, if not the most important conversations on this planet and the work that needs to be underway in incorporating what we have always known, most of us, since childhood. I mean, it's simply logical. But now we are seeing evidence that there are indeed, no doubt, countless, countless planets out there. Um, How we define life is a really challenging thing, and I don't want to get into the conversation before introducing the guests, but just a really cool show today, and and I have on the show with me in just a moment the wonderful Joan Sirio, another scientist, which um, she is a visionary. She is a person who has done the work in incorporating both realistic spirituality. And what is that? That has to do with reality, folks, with a capital R, not a fantasy reality that you can often attempt to claim because of fear. No, this is an expansive reality that includes expanded consciousness. She is an author, a very accomplished speaker. She has a Bachelor of Science degree in Biology and a Master of Science degree in Science Education. 
She has written Hardwired to Heaven, Download Your Divinity Through Your Heart and Create Your Deepest Desires, and also In the Key of Life, An Activational Journey to the Soul. She um, is the founder of the Core Essence School of Self-Mastery, and she is also the created creator of I'm so excited today I can't even get the words out this is an exciting time for us people Um, she is the creator of integrative message therapy and her websites are joanserio.com and hardwiredtoheaven.com and I invite you to visit those when you have a chance and I am just so delighted to bring um, really a regular guest Joan Serio back on to the Frontier Beyond Fear. Welcome, Joan. Well, thank you, Susan. It's always a pleasure to be on your show, and I can just feel the excitement and the energy around the show, and oh my gosh, we've already created a vortex here. <laughs> you know, I, I like I said, you know, I don't even care if I can hardly get the words out. This is... <laughs> I cannot feel it more. In fact, that's why we're talking today. I mean, in so many ways on this topic and how it's related to everything else going out, going on in the world, because a lot is going on in our world, world right now. Gosh, okay, fine. I'll just let you talk today, Joan. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. But no, it is energetic. And and it does take our take us outside of ourselves when we feel this kind of an energy and that's part of the metaphysical expanded consciousness experience i personally know through my own experience that at some point words completely fail i mean and actually that'll be an interesting part of our discussion today because we could talk about that how the language of imagery and other things you know when you start to think about communication consciousness is broader than anything we could put into words so so anyway as i've just thrown out all these little tidbits of things we can begin to talk about i'm going to i'm going to really throw the ball to you, Joan, and and see how you want to enter into what is really a very vital topic today. Yes, well, uh, maybe we should start at the beginning, because the the topic for today is, uh, is this the dawning of the age of Aquarius? Yes. um, So let me just, you know, start with what is an age, you know, in, in astrology, um, you know, for those that aren't familiar with astrology. And let me just preface this whole talk today by this disclaimer saying that I am not an astrologer. <laughs> I don't claim to be an astrologer. Uh-huh. I have studied some astrology, but that doesn't make me an astrologer. So please, you know, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. But anyway, yeah. um, so... An age in astrology is based on what we call the precession of the equinoxes, okay? So it takes the Earth approximately 26,000 years to move through all of the signs. And when we talk about the shift, we always talk about the precession of the equinoxes. Every 26 years, you know, the Earth goes through all these changes. And so um, this is, it's, it's tied in, and all these ages have these different flavors. So if you do the math, because there's 12 signs of the zodiac, and you divide that into the approximate 26,000 years, each age would last about 2,160 years, okay? Yeah. Now, we, go, we proceed through these backwards in the zodiac. So right now, we're in the age of Pisces, and Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. 
And so we're going backwards. If we go backwards, the 11th sign is Aquarius. So that's why we're entering into Aquarius now instead of going to the first sign of Aries. We're, we're kind of going backwards here. Um, and um, they say that when we enter into the March equinox point, well, and that moves us from Pisces into Aquarius, that that would be the true definition of entering into this age of Aquarius because it goes along with this procession of the equinox. So it's interesting that we're having this call today fairly close uh-huh. to the spring equinox, too. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no coincidence. Yeah. So yeah. that's what an age is. And every age, like I said, has a different flavor. Yes. And just like each sign of the zodiac has a different energy to it. And so this age, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, is going to have a particular flavor with it. But why do I feel like we're at least laying the groundwork for this age right now? Because astrologers don't agree on this. Let me just say that. Um, you know, some think that the age of Aquarius began when Sputnik went up in 1957, yes. you know, because Aquarius has everything to do with science and technology, and that was, you know, that was huge, right? Uh, yes. Huge breakthrough then. Some, Absolutely. you know, say, oh, when we went through that, uh, the 11-11-11 gateway, or what, what other date was the most, you know, famous one was, of course, the end of the Mayan calendar was the 12 20 one twelve date. Um, some people think then we're already in the age of Aquarius, and some say that we're in a transition phase from Pisces yeah. into Aquarius, and we've been there for the last 50 years. But if you talk to a Vedic astrologer, you know, Vedic astrology is a little bit different, and they say we have another 400 years to go before we get into the age of Aquarius. But when we're talking about so many years, and whenever we're looking at, at something astronomically, you know, 400 years is like a blink of an eye, right? So even if it is in another 400 years, that's pretty doggone close. It is. But in, in, in a greater sense of time, it's it's a it's yeah. no time at all. <laughs> right? Yeah. But here's another interesting thing that just happened um, that, I, that I think it points another finger towards us entering into this age or that we're really laying the foundation to the age of Aquarius was back last month, February 22nd, came out from NASA saying that they discovered seven new planets and another solar system that's about 40 light years away from us. And um, their star is an ultra-cool dwarf star, meaning it's a lot, mm-hmm. lot less energy you know, radiating from it than our star yeah. from yeah. the sun. And they named it Trappist-1 after the telescope that they used to discover the star. And the big thing about this is, the really big thing about this is, well, there's two big things. One is that three of these planets, they said there's a very high probability that there's water there and could be habitable. And there's a good probability that, you know, maybe all seven. I would say yeah. that water is pretty ubiquitous throughout the universe, so I would say probably they have it too. Uh, yeah. They have water anyway. So that brings up one. Again, 
I mean, this seems to be happening every day almost now. I mean, it isn't, but, you know, the way things are, are coming through in science, and we'll talk about why that ties in with Aquarius, too. Yes. Is yes. that, you know, yet again, we have another reason to believe in life outside of the Earth, you know. Life exists outside of the planet here. And yes. exobiology. An observational yeah. reason, anyway. It's, it, and, and, you know, yeah, that's important right. to, to science. I, I'm aware, right. but but of course it's always been statistically, astronomically impossible that we would be the only planet right, with life. Right. But now that we're actually getting the evidence, that's that shifts the conversation for the scientists for sure and for the world. It's no longer fringe. Um, you know, not that it ever should have been fringe. Using that in quotes, no. it's actually a, a vital present topic for us all as it always should have been yeah as a matter of fact i forgot the percentage but there's like you know over 50 percent i think of the population the u.s population now believes in ufos or quote aliens you know i mean star beings so you know it's not something that's you know really out there now i mean not like it was back in the 50s anyway so so that's one reason this is so important but the other one is that (laughs) This solar system happens to be located in the constellation of Aquarius. Yes. Huge synchronicity there. (laughs) Yes. Or by design, shall we say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, by design, yeah. It's all by design, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So all we have to do is have eyes that see, and then we'll, you know, we'll we'll see this stuff. So that's one of the reasons. And the other reason that uh, there's these synchronicities coming together is we just ended uh, a series of eclipses in Virgo Pisces on February 26th, which was really close to the date that they announced this of the seven mm-hmm. planets, which I find that's very interesting. And that ended that cycle. And as I said, Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. So there's this energy around Pisces of completion. And yeah. then during that eclipse, the south node was in Pisces. And then actually there's been a stellium in Pisces for quite a while. But the, the, the south node was in Pisces, and the south node represents our path. You know, and this clearing up and cleaning up and finishing up of the path. Yeah. So it's like ushering out <laughs> what was and the energy of the Pisces, you know, because these eclipses are really um, triggers in our life. You know, they're, they're like a catalyst in a reaction that, you know, help things to move through faster. And that's what they do for us. And, you know, we've had all of this, you know, working around this Pisces, you know, which, again, we, are in, we were or are, you know, in the age of Pisces. But now we're cleaning and clearing this up. And now for the next approximately two, two years, we will enter into a series of eclipses in Leo Aquarius. Yes. So now we're going into this energy of Aquarius and ushering this in. So it has, for me, in a metaphysical, energetic sense, it has this feel now that we're moving into this, this age of Aquarius. Yes. And, you know, we see this because what Aquarius represents. So, like I said, every sign of the zodiac has a particular flavor. 
So let's just talk about the flavor of Aquarius because and who better to talk about it, Susan, than two people. <laughs> you know, I have born to tell in the you, of all of my life, Joan, I mean, as long as I can recall, even though I grew up in a totally different kind of a culture, I was being raised um, in an evangelical household, all of my life I have been drawn to the notion of Aquarius and even wrote a poem about it when I was like, I don't know, 16 or something. I mean, and it was about this expansiveness. And so, yes, let's enter into talking about, um, and not just the sign, but I also did connect to it because of my sign. I'm sure that was my entryway. But yes, what does Aquarius represent, Joan? How, How do you describe that? Well, first of all, they call Aquarius the water bearer, and so a lot of people think it's a water sign. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh-huh. But it's not because if you read my, my book, Hardwired to Heaven, and if you haven't, I really encourage you to do so, uh, I've devoted a whole chapter in there on blood and water, and I talk about water and one of its, and I think one of its most important roles is um, it carries information not only in the body, but, but, you know, through the universe and all, and because of water's unique properties. So what Aquarius is, it's really the bringer of information. Yes. And if you want to, you know, summarize it in two words, it would be I know. You know, this, this, it's all about the expanded higher mind, expanding consciousness. And like I said before, Aquarius is about technology, electricity, science. So what are we seeing now? You know, like I said, almost every day we have these scientific breakthroughs. Um, And technology, you can't keep up with technology nowadays. And uh, so we're going to see more and more of this. It's also about freedom and independence. And, you know, we talk about this a lot in in society now. You see this coming out, you know, in people standing up for their own rights and not wanting to be, you know, um, or even, you know, the law for the travel ban and all of that and Mm -hmm. and how that Mm -hmm. might restrict people and restrict your freedom there. It's also the humanitarian side. It's about the group. It's about group energy. Uh, it's about working together. Um, it's it's even the sign, you know, if you're going to study astrology, you know, <laughs> you know, astrology would fall into the sign of Aquarius. Um, it's also, and now I should back up a minute, uh, the planet, the, the new, the modern ruling planet of Aquarius is Uranus. The ancient ruling planet is Saturn. And if you were under a Vedic astrology, they, they still consider Saturn as the ruling planet. But, um, but Uranus is, uh, getting into some science here, has its rings going, it has rings, and they go perpendicular to it. <laughs> Instead of horizontal, like, you know, around uh-huh. the equator, they go uh-huh. perpendicular. So it's, it's kind of an anomaly. So when you think yeah. of Aquarius, we're a little bit different, and we like different. <laughs> That's the truth. You know, we like new things. We're visionaries. We think of the future. We're future-oriented. We're nonconformists. We're free thinkers. And what are we seeing now? You know, we're, we're seeing all these 
you know, changes that you know, wouldn't even be thought about maybe 50 years ago. Case in point, look at all the change in um, the sexual roles and sexual identity. You know, I mean, Katie Kirk did that special on, all, on sexual identity that, I mean, you know, even 20 years ago we wouldn't have had that. We, you know, we wouldn't have had that yeah. conversation. And all the gradations of what it means to be, you know, a sexual human being here on earth right now. Um, So we're we're allowed to have these conversations now because the mind has expanded enough to allow it in. Um, And Uranus is that planet of sudden change. And it could be good, it could be bad, it could be sudden epiphanies. And I think we're going to have a lot of epiphanies in our own lives right now. Um, and in healing, it's the planet of healing. So there could be, you know, these spontaneous healings. I think medicine is going to change quite a bit. I'm hoping medicine One would hope. Medicine change quite a bit. Yes, anyway. it's not helping us um, right now. <laughs> no, no. Not really. Um, it's very limited. <laughs> And I hope that they use the technology, and I think you will see this more, of light and sound for healing and more of a holistic approach because that's what Aquarius is. And so, you know, looking at it from that perspective instead of, you know, like, well, I'm looking at this microscope (laughs) myopically and, you know, that's all I deal with. Well, you know, uh, that system... Uh, affects every other system in the body, you know. So we have to look at right. things from a bigger picture now. I think that's yeah. what's going to happen in Aquarius too. Um, and you it's know, very. Go ahead. Yeah, I I was just going to say more and more. I keep hearing, um, you know, integrative approaches, which it really is the transitional approach for for our methods of healing. Um, I think ultimately for humanity, we will be in a far different place in terms of healing, you know, maybe a thousand years from now or sooner, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, and many of these planets, you know, one of the things I like to think about is how other planets have been evolving a long time. Some of them started in different ways earlier. We know for sure there has to be life out there. It's so illogical to think there wouldn't be intelligent, intuitive life. And, um, you know, you think about how humanity is evolving. And when you mention light and sound, to me, you know, more and more, it's funny, just in the last week, Joan, that's a synchronicity in itself. Sound healing has come up um, as a topic more than once. It's just kind of out of the blue. And I don't normally hear about it. I have to tell you, I know you've spoken of it and others, but it's just, it seems like it's that kind of thing. We're shifting into the energy where these things are are going to become more, they will be conventional. What seems unconventional will become conventional because we will go with what works and what doesn't harm us while it's working, which, you know, is that really working if, if if it's doing harm when you look at things like chemotherapy and, you know, just horrible treatments Mm -hmm. that are out there Mm -hmm. right now that we must grow beyond as a species. It, It doesn't, really help us um it, it's true techniques of of healing that will ultimately be the answer for us it's not going to be you know these harmful drugs and things like that and radiation yeah yeah i mean we're, we're really going back to what we, we did you know thousands of years ago i mean you know sound 
was used by, you know, indigenous tribes and all. And, you know, Pythagoras and the music of the spheres and he knew mm-hmm. that everything has a frequency, every, everything has a vibration, so everything has a sound to it. And when you get the key to that, then you can, you know, harmonize things. Um, yes. You know, yes. so, and it, it also brings up, and, you know, we could talk, and this could be a whole other show. Oh, we <laughs> but, could have like you know, 10 shows on <laughs> But, but I also am will. thinking about, you know, because the age of Aquarius really is, you know, this, this shift and this, you know, the awakening and, and the mm-hmm. acceleration of consciousness. And, you know, people that talk about ascension, there's been talk about, okay, so when we ascend into our light bodies or when we, you know, hit this, you know, plateau, because I, I don't think it ever ends, that, you know, you know disease goes away. Exactly. You know, so when we get to that point of that frequency that we will become untouchable in that way, you know, so maybe, you know, a lot of medicine won't be needed. Well, that's what I've always believed. And, and let me interject. This is an important aspect of the conversation about other planets as well, which because as we reflect upon our own development we can also, in parallel, reflect upon without actually, you know, in, in some cases you can know some things, but let's not even go there. Just in terms of reflecting on where an evolved planet would be is mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. we know that this notion of co-creation, those of us or however you choose to describe it, and you've certainly written extensively about this topic, um, is real um, because of who we are. And, and you know, so to me, inevitably, unless we were not to develop as this particular culture and another one arises, um, we have to ultimately develop these higher ways of dealing with, with healing and even, yes, transcendence. I mean, that how long... It will take us. I mean, many of us know, I personally know of multiple cases of dramatic healings um, that are impossible. I mean, spontaneous recoveries, um, just impossible things. Firsthand, close to me, friends, family, different situations. And I would wager many people know of these things. And, And they are mysteries to the medical establishment, but that doesn't make it any less real. You know, uh, they should be where we're headed. That that's where we should be exploring how to understand um, where we're headed in terms of of healing. Yes, and you know, there's this place where I think you know I I, I saw when I was younger that we can develop the ultimate technology, the human yes. body. And when we do that, then, okay, maybe disease does go. Uh, and we don't need phones because we have that telepathy. You know, I don't need to call you. <laughs> I can just think about, you know, I need to give you this information and boom, you've got it and that's it. Um, you know, uh, and we just have this knowing. The so, real world wide web. <laughs> Exactly. Or world, exactly. or multiversal web. One, one might you know, say, we're because again, in it's not just us. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, as I talk about in Hardware to Heaven, you know, we're we are hardwired. 
yeah. to the heart of the universe. We are hardwired yeah. um, to that cosmic computer, and why do we need anything else when we can fully you know, function in that way and bring it to our heart? And by the way, that's another uh, characteristic of Aquarius is that we've gone from the mind into the heart now, and we can balance yeah. the two because we've forgotten yeah. about the heart, and now we're going into the heart in this age. And that's beautiful because that's really the center point of um, raising your vibration of awakening, of enlightenment, is going through the heart. You know what I love about this age right now is suddenly we're getting all this new information about the heart. And really, it's old information. Yeah. I mean, you're an author. It's old. It's new and old. Yeah. It is. is it is. And others are studying. I mean, there are scientists. I mean, you're a scientist. And there are others who are stud- studying the heart, like the Heart Math Institute. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, and, and when I was young, I mean, I think some years ago, we didn't hear about this. I mean, everybody was studying the brain. You didn't think about the heart. No as having any influence, you know, that was more symbolic or poetic or, you know, not actual physical reality, that our heart has an important role that mm-hmm. that is now being studied much more closely and we used to know. And and I know you are, you of all people, Joan, have focused on this, and I'm glad to see I'm learning things I never knew, I mean, for sure. And I know my audiences and many, many of us are learning new things about the heart that we never even conceived of. Yeah, and I think, I think like you said, uh, more and more is going to come out. And, and that is the heart is our true connection to the, to the um, collective unconscious. You know, I mean, yeah. we can tap in through the heart. And, and heart math has shown that intuitive information comes through the heart first. And I really believe, because it is the largest electromagnetic field of the body, that we receive the information through our hearts first. Then it goes up to the brain. You know, we go yeah. through our, you know, our card catalogs or, you know, go through the, the the hard drive and see what's up there, you know, like what do we have up there that we need? Okay, and then we pick the right program to process it, and then it goes down to the heart, and then we should make the final de- decision on it. But we've yeah. gotten stuck in the brain, you know, and that's, you know, look at the world around us. That's why it is the way it is, because we were stuck. Yep, yep. That, you know... <laughs> That we're, you know, we're getting and, unstuck. It's like being yeah, stuck is making us get and unstuck. That. That's the, isn't that the paradox? Is that it seems like, I mean, uh, I'll laugh right before the show. Joan is, is there was a crash. Something crashed with my equipment here, and literally, I mean, not in technologically, but crash <laughs> made a very loud noise, <laughs> and and it's so symbolic right now. Yeah. Yeah. Of society, it's like it's making a mm-hmm. lot of noise right now. Things yeah. are just—they seem crazy, um, you yeah. know. But they're surfacing, you know, in terms of yeah. healing. With when exactly. you have a festering wound to. that's hidden, you know, under a bunch of clothes, you know, you're hidden this wound. You know, what does it mm-hmm. take to really address it? You have to see it. You have to face it. You have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly, and it's all coming to light, and that's a lot of uh, Pluto and Capricorn, you know, kind of unearthed all this stuff. And now we have Uranus and Aries, which is this explosive energy of like, yeah, like you said before the call, it's time to do it, Joan. I'm like, yeah, that's Uranus and Aries. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? I had just said that. <laughs> that's well, Uranus and Aries, and thank God Mars is going into Taurus, or just went into Taurus because now we can we can take that forward motion in put it, you know, and ground it, because Taurus is an earth sign. I mean, finally ground it and manifest it. So, amen and exactly. hallelujah. <laughs> well, I think we're really feeling it. And I don't want to just put this on those of us who have explored the sciences or have some background in that way, but it's important. What what Joan and I were talking about before the show is just it, it's becoming really vital for those of us who have explored balance or have really, you know, it hasn't always been voluntary. In my case, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, many of us awakened rather dramatically, but we have to incorporate into our discussions, our rational, um, realistic, with a capital R, discussions of the state of this planet higher consciousness mm-hmm. topics and those who have truthfully honestly studied the state of the world are realize this is not fringe that this is you know that's a that's a story that's a you know we're afraid of this i think in fact that's a good topic to launch into here a little bit because it does relate to these planetary discoveries too um mm-hmm. Don't you feel, Joan, I mean, we're, it's pretty frightening in a way. It can be very exciting, by the way, because many of us grew up reading fantasy novels and all kinds of cool things. It, it's actually very exciting to know that there's more to this world than meets the eye. But the other side of that coin, um, especially if you fit it into some narrow fear-based box from some, you know, maybe dogma that we were taught, when we were young or, um, you know, things that might be very frightening, it can be scary. You know, when, when the world doesn't behave in a materialistic way, as, as we want to believe, um, some of us, or have been taught, it can be frightening at first to incorporate that new information, and we can certainly be resistant to it. Um, but that mm-hmm. doesn't make mm-hmm. it any less real. <laughs> Well, you know, the Aquarian is the risk taker. It's the adventurer yeah. too. So yeah. that's what you, that's the kind of spirit you need. And you know, Aquarians will get their bumps and bruises from this, but they keep going on. And I and I think that's what's going to happen. And obviously, that's what's happening in that larger picture. You know, at least politically in this country. Too, but we'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. But um, but you know, I I I think that yeah, it's the time where more people will be open to this. It's certainly the yeah. time for this discussion. If we're laying the foundation, then it's at least time to bring this up, um, you know. And yeah. it, it's it's not only time. It's a it's it's really very vital because to me, um, you know, I hear about people talking about, you know, how will we communicate with these new planets? Let's let's put that out there. Talking about how okay. You know, these scientists are out there saying, we know there are these planets out there. How are we going to communicate? You know, and they're talking about technological ways, maybe using light, using different means of communication. 
And I think it's very important right now to interject into that discussion that we need to have voices who have studied expanded consciousness because the obvious way to communicate, and and I'm going to say this, is that they're us. <laughs> is that at the ultimate level, we're not separated. You know, and I hear so many limited things, mm-hmm. Joan. I hear, oh, you know, any, any civil, you know, these planets, we're talking about, you know, many ages ago. Because when you look, in fact, maybe you can explain that as a scientist, Joan. When you're looking out at space, um, you're essentially looking back in time. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, we think that that's a boundary, or we think, oh, too far away. None of these things are relevant in a higher consciousness reality, which is actually reality. And, and no matter how much yeah. you resist that, it's worthy of study, serious study, well, open-minded yeah. study. And you're talking about astronomy, but astrology, really, you know, there is no separation because as above, so below. I mean, that's the uh-huh. axiom as within, so without, that, you know, is really a basis for astrology because these planets, are affecting us, our energy, in our life, you know, in these constellations. And so, you know, we're embodying that energy. So, no, we're not separate from it, you know. And, no, we're not separate from whatever beings exist out there or from whatever beings are on this planet that that are not, excuse me, from Earth. You know, I, I think that, you know... There are beings here on this planet that are maybe humanoid, but they're not they're not from here and i and i I really truly believe that um so this isn't far fetched stuff, and we need to talk about it like it's not taboo um yeah. and you're right you know we're we're all connected to this, and I think you know in addition to this, when you look at the history of the earth. You know, a lot of the ancient indigenous saw the star beings. You know, you talk to you talk to the uh, Native Americans, and a lot of what you know, their culture is based on is through these star beings. You know, the Kachinas. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you want to talk about the Hopis, you know, and um, it's this information that was brought through from them that is not separate from us. But sometimes these indigenous till they knew whatever, or they saw them as God. You know? Oh, it's this yeah. God, it's that God, it's this God, it's that God. And maybe we started to get, you know, this, you know, the, the quote-unquote religion starting, you know, and then, okay, so was Jesus an alien? You know, I mean, there's been people, you know, thoughts <laughs> about that, whatever, I don't know. And then you look yeah. at, you know, uh, paintings, you know, with UFOs in them that I think Da Vinci uh-huh. painted, you know, uh, you know. So then that, you know, like, okay, why did he put that there? Because they say that art has, you know, de- you know, has encoded all this information in it. Um, but it brings us to this question then that I think is going to change in a huge way of how we perceive God, because for an Aquarian. God is within. Yeah. The divine and I are one. And that may turn a lot of religions, you know, upside down and backwards. I don't know what's going to happen from this. I'm not saying God doesn't exist. 
Um, and it depends on what you think God is. You know, for me, God is this super consciousness that permeates everything everywhere that kind of orchestrates the cosmos here, that divine intelligence. And that means I'm not separated from God because I am God informed. And I'm informing God as God is informing me in that way. Um, so we may see, you know, religions in a different way. And this may open up the discussion even more, Susan, about yes. extraterrestrial life. Yes, yes. You know, I can't help but think about the movie Contact and how there's mm-hmm. that, um, the, 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 anti-technological minister, essentially. You know, he was very unconventional. Um, Jodie Foster, totally different than the book, by the way, which I've also read. Um, There's no romance in the book or anything, but the movie's fun. I enjoy that movie. And, um, you know, it is that movie's a lot about opening up. I mean, Jodie Foster, her character says, you know, you should have sent a poet because when she has her experience, mm-hmm. and then it goes from there. It is a very metaphysical experience. And and something I want to say to anyone from the scientific community who may be listening, who maybe, you know, is very materialistically focused, and some of this, you know, I can hear them out there already. I mean, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I can hear it. And, and that's fine, okay? Step into it. I mean, there's a reason why certain things have been in our culture. I mean, a really good movie that we've known about for a long time, and also, you know, a visionary author because it was based on um, their multiple books from from Arthur C. Clarke, um, 2001, the original movie, and about Mm -hmm. there is so much here, and it's not science fiction. You know, we're going to find when you really open up to reality, you can observe and record. I have done this myself. I mean, part of what's so mind-blowing about metaphysical experience is it's statistically impossible. I mean, it is so statistically (laughs) impossible um, when you really start to study it and when you're having this experience that it's simply statistically impossible. And so then you have to entertain that there's more to it and we know these things have been studied. We know people are studying remote viewing. And let's, you know, that's yet another area, you know, when you start talking about other planets, um, you know, how do you communicate? It's such a limited discussion when, um, and, and in fact, I know I'm rambling here for a second, but another thing I've thought about is if we choose to only be responding to these discoveries on a technological level and we say, oh, We're going to send out signals to technological civilizations. I think it is conceivable. Those are not exactly the ones you want to be talking to. (laughs) That if they, if they happen to have developed without destroying themselves, and I don't even know if this is possible because all species necessarily must be evolving towards their hearts, which is God. But let's just suppose there are some who get farther. You really wouldn't necessarily want to be dealing with the strictly technological groups because they may not be in a good space um, because we know their places. On, and I don't want to interject fear. Um, this can sound a bit like what Stephen Hawking said, um, and I believe there's more to our world, so I don't tend to fall totally into fear on this. But it's just a very limited view and and not 
um, not thinking about the problem in the most expansive way we need to be thinking about, and even does carry some, you know, yeah. risk in a sense of, you know, it could pose some challenges for us. Let's just put it that way. Well, well <laughs> um, of, but challenges we could it, rise to. <laughs> yeah, thinking of it in the most expansive way. Uh, what came to me about this age, and um, you know, again, we're I'll talk a little bit about Trump and, and how how this plays. Oh in. yes, but yes, it's it, time it, to it, incorporate that. What, <laughs> yes, what is truth? And this is the disillusion of illusion, the disillusion of illusion right now. Uh huh. And, you know, so a lot of what you said, it's the disillusion of illusion. You know, we had these, you know, illusions that, you know, it was one way, but it's probably not that way. And, and you know, we're, as everything's been thrown out as, oh, it's fake news, it's fake news, it's alternative facts, you know. I mean, so really, and I think this is very Aquarian, but we're all asked to say what is truth and what is truth for you most importantly. Yeah. What is true for you? And we're being asked this question. So, um, you know, and I just want to touch on, on Trump. I don't want to get political about this. I'm just looking yeah. at this as yeah. a bigger picture in an energetic way. Like, how does this play into this dawning of the age of Aquarius? Well, yes, yes. So, so now we're shifting, and there's got to be a huge amount of change that has to come up when we're in the beginning of this. There's always, you know, a huge amount of change. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, changing from one political party to another, and you know, obviously they have a lot of people in in, in the White House that are new to politics, new to the White House. So there's a lot of upheaval, you know, until they get used to. Okay, now I, now I know what I'm doing. You know, I mean, any job it takes you a while to get used to it. Um. So, I think in a bigger picture. Trump is playing a huge role. And when he got elected, I said, I said oh, we're going on the fast track now. And what uh-huh. I mean by that is, you know, he is ushering in all of this change. Yeah. And I think one of the major roles that he and his administration are playing is one of contrast. Because if we kept going along the way we were and nothing upset the apple cart, we just keep going along and we wouldn't see all the things within us and within society that we really need to change and we really need to look at, you know, but now he's providing this contrast or he's shining a light on all this stuff that before we didn't see. And, and in a way he's providing us as a mirror too for many of us to say, okay, well, so we see how he's acting. I mean, you know, just to twit and tweet all the time of how he's feeling, you know, this just overreaction or this, you know, sudden burst of whatever, another another nice example of Uranus and Aries, uh, you know, of, oh, well, it was Obama that tapped my phones and, you know, he ordered it and blah, 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 without, we haven't seen any proof of it yet. You know, so all of this, where are we overreacting perhaps? Where are we sharing too much on social media? Uh, Where are we maybe being a bully? Because every time someone says something negative to Trump, he kind of, you know, pushes back. 
you know, where do we push back instead of stopping and saying, okay, where am I responsible for this? You know, am I responsible for this? Can I own up to what I am responsible for? And then, you know, reflect back to the other person. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's a time, he's, he's showing all this to us, and it's uncomfortable. You know, healing isn't pretty. It isn't always pretty. And it's like we're going through this huge healing crisis now, you know, with all this stuff coming up. And um, it's unsettling. Yet I think it needs to happen, you know, right or wrong, good or bad. I'm not saying I believe in everything that he does. And I'm saying, you know, I'm not saying all of that. I'm just saying in the bigger picture here, I think that's a large role that he's playing. And, you know, he's, he's waking people up that need, you know, to need that wake-up call, you know. And he's calling us to action. You know, look at all of the um, protests we've had and the marches we've had since, you know, even before he was inaugurated and then, you know, immediately after with the Women's March on Washington. So uh, he's calling people into action and he's just heralding in this change and it's uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that the change that he wants is the change that is the change that's going to stay and stick. It may not be. Uh, But this is the way that that, uh, we as a collective in the United States has chosen to go through this change. And in uh, listening to different astrologers, you know, we're going through our Pluto return in 2020, and, and you know, it's not it's going to be a bumpy road here. Um, there's going to be a lot of major upheaval and change in this country, and, you know, and it could be for the better, but, um, you know, every empire goes through their, you know, their decline, you know, and this might be a little bit of a decline before we rise again. You know, it's just that sine wave energy. There's always the up and down. I mean, that's just the spiraling of life. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm not saying it has to happen this way, but I I really feel that we are going into this huge, you know, time of chaos. And from chaos comes creation. So uh, it's up to us. And thankfully, we're entering into this age of Aquarius so we can use this expanded mind. And part of Aquarius is bringing heaven to earth. That's part of what we do. We are the co-creators. Uh, we are the ones that are going to say, it's, it's up to us to create this new society, these new communities, and how we're going to live in right relationship with each other and with Mother Earth and with all the star beings as well. There's so much I could say here. We, you know, we could have so many shows, and I know that we will continue to have shows. This is why I love having you on this show, Joan. It just, it, it just, it, it's such a refreshing time to be able to to have these discussions, um, just open, flowing discussions. You know, something, and I want to put this out there um, for because I know this show has listeners from many walks of life, many different points of view. And Mm -hmm. I will say, I'm a person, I've been listening to voices of many different, um, I've always done this, I listen to voices from different points of view, 
You know, I can listen to conservative voices and I can listen to liberal voices. I can listen. And what's so fascinating about this is I learn things everywhere. And something I'm seeing here with what's going on, um, there's there's actually quite a bit of gray, too. As much as there's darkness in some areas, there's also surfacing things that we need to be talking about, like, um, you know, um, the health care plan, for example. Um, it works for some people. It's actually not working for a lot of people. That is a vital topic. Now, what's being proposed, now everybody's looking at that and saying, you know, they don't like that. But what is that then leading us to do? We're having the conversation now, you know, mm-hmm, that a mm-hmm, lot of self-employed exactly. people have been suffering with this plan, that it's actually not, you know, many of us don't have health insurance with this plan. And, you know, that that, that hasn't changed, even as others may have gained it. And so that's really good. You know, it's, it, this is what I mean, the nuances. It's It's not all good, all bad. It's not black and white, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, we're having mm-hmm. the conversation of, okay, what would work? You know, where can we move? Now, I tend to lean quite far um, to the public option. I don't want to get too much into that either, and actually even beyond that, you know, where's unconventional medicine and all of this. But it's just one example. And the other thing I'm seeing is there are many voices involved here. And they're coming from different points of view, which is interesting, um, because um, um, not everyone, for example, is a conservative evangelical, although um, including the, the leader at the top. I mean, there, and yet there are these voices coming out. And so you have to understand, you know, the nuances of what they believe, you know, about the end times and things like that, because I come from, from that culture. And what's so interesting, and there are some, you know, and there's some really harsh things. I'm not saying there aren't harsh things. But you know what's so fascinating about this, Joan, is when you really look at some of those beliefs, we're converging ultimately on heaven on earth, which is so fascinating to me. In fact, this is a topic um, I keep being guided to work on my own book, and one of the things I want to reflect upon is how so many of these things, even in contrasting fear-based ways, and many of us can be caught in fear. I see fears even in the metaphysical community sometimes, depending on where you're at with what's being explored. Um, We're somehow converging towards this notion that, yes, heaven on earth would be a good thing, and that's always been true and the omnipresent god and you know god being everywhere children are taught that worldwide in many different paths so so anyway we're almost to the end but as far as you know the current state of things i see starkness i see contrast and yet i also see things being surfaced like you know Mm -hmm. yeah our infrastructure is a mess in the U.S., yeah. it is a mess. Yeah. The dams are collapsing of, in California. Exactly. I mean, bridges exactly. are collapsing. We I mean, know a lot to of do the something. Says, yeah, a lot of the things that Trump brings up are true. I mean, yeah, you know, we yeah. haven't done enough in our own country, and things are falling apart. Literally. But that doesn't and so mean sometimes we just you need to that, let them fall apart before you put them back together again, you know, and now right. it's fine. But the Dark things like, you know, I started this program saying I am so happy that we have a worldwide audience. 
I am as far from an isolationist as one can believe. I believe we're all connected. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't be an isolationist when um, when you believe the world is one. So I don't believe in that. Um, but, um, you know, how can we get the good parts out? That's what I'm seeing. You know, where can we draw out? And that's what you're saying, too. Out of the chaos that we find ourselves in, what good is coming mm-hmm. from it? Mm-hmm. How are we shifting? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just need to let things fall apart before you put them back together again. You know, yeah. um, because they're just so broken, just let it go and then just start again. And, you know, like Einstein said, you know, you have to approach a problem from a different mind that created it, you know. So yeah. we're going into this other mindset now. And now we have the opportunity and the tech, through technology and all uh, to come up with solutions with these problems that have been there for literally thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. Well, now's you know, we're, we're coming. When you say time, now's the time. We're getting close <laughs> to the end of the live show. And, and I swear, you know, we really, I, I love having you on the show, Joan. And I know, you know, I I hope we continue to do this and we just need to plan to keep doing this because it, it allows us to flow with really some good stuff that, that we need to be talking about. And I'm just so thankful for you, Joan. Um, tell people, again, where they can find you. If you want to know more information about me, the best thing to do is go to my website, Joan Serio, that's J-O-A-N-C-E-R-I-O.com. If you want to purchase a copy of Hardwired to Heaven, the easiest way, you can get it from JoanStereo.com, but the easiest way is right on the homepage of HardwiredToHeaven.com. Uh, my first book, In the Key of Life, An Activational Journey to the Soul, is available as an e-book, and I'm working on and almost completed a third book about love, but looking at love in a very different way than what we've looked at it before. And I think it's really apropos for this time. So I think I'm going to have that come out as an e-book. So I'll, uh-huh. I'll keep you. Keep you informed well, on that one. I'm thrilled to hear it. I'm so glad that that we'll be getting more from you because um, there, there's so much you have to give to us, Joan. And and um, thank you again for for being here today and for being who you are and just flowing with with just the creative, um, visionary person that you are right now in this time and place. Because because. Um, These are the conversations I love having, and and thanks again for being here. Oh, you're so welcome, Susan. Thank you again for having me as a guest. All right. Well, you take care. Thank you. You too. And we'll talk soon. Um, Just a quick note to the live audience. Thank you, live audience, for being here today. Thank you to Blog Talk Radio. I see that we've been on the front page today throughout the show, and I'm always thankful for for getting the word out and how that apparently really is getting this show out to other parts of the world. Oh, my gosh, how many times can I say how thankful I am for that because we are all in this together. 
and we need to be talking together. Um, the next show, the next show, right now on the schedule, it is currently Friday, March 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific, a little earlier than usual. Um, some of you may catch that if you're in Europe a little bit more easily. Um, Mark David Gerson is coming back on the show, another regular. We're going to talk about spring into your passion, um, working from the heart, more how we can use this energy, and that just starts a wonderful series of shows. If you look at the schedule on FrontierBeyondFear.com, wonderful guests coming up. We've got Sonia Grace on Monday the 20th doing a Spring Equinox special, 6 p.m. Pacific. That will be fun, and many after that. So thank you, live audience. I will see you off. And talking to those of you who are listening across time to this show as I've said to you before, you know, there's never a more important time when we're reflecting upon the expansiveness of time and space to reflect upon how when we consciously claim that we feel the energy of those with us across time, as I'm doing right now, those of you listening across time to this show, across space in this world, I feel your energy and I'm thankful for that and I just want to recognize you're here with us now right now what is now your now my now linear time is truthfully an illusion when you think of it in an expansive way and even science has shown that linear time is not what we think it is I mean we are looking at multidimensionality now there are so many exciting things that we're discovering about our world and beyond. It's very present here in the heart and how we're connected to one another. So thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, I invite you to explore the archive of shows that are out there at FrontierInFear.com. If you enjoyed Jones' show here today, um, there are many shows. All you have to do, you know, is click on that archive link enjoy listening to some of her previous shows as well because we've had some wonderful discussions. I know she's been on I, I don't even know how many times I haven't counted but she's certainly a regular guest that we've enjoyed and anyone else um, out there that you may be looking for explore because we've had some wonderful researchers on and people truly pushing the boundaries of what we choose to understand and explore about this world so Thanks again, everyone. Have a wonderful weekday, evening, wherever you are, wherever this show finds you. Just go in peace. Experience that peace of connectedness. We are all together, and we are shifting this planet together. Feel that wherever you are in this moment. Thanks again. Thank you.